Welcome to the Main Zone. I am Jermaine. Thank you for tuning to my podcast. Wherever you are, however you're listening, thank you. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even watching on YouTube. I appreciate it. Lot to, lot to, you know, dive into tonight. We got the NBA trading deadline. That's the big topic of the day. But, you know, recently, you know, Tom Brady retired. He is the GOAT quarterback. Um, situation with Brian Flores. Uh, my thoughts on NBA stars. My thoughts on even my preseason um, picks that have completely went wrong. <laughs> but we'll start with um, a happy Black History. Happy Black History Month to all my people out there. Love you all. It's awesome that, you know, we do have a time to celebrate our great accomplishments in every facet. We've touched every facet. I mean, I'm a big sports guy in the sports world. Um, our culture is worldwide now. It's it's great. we got a long way to go uh, in being treated fairly. And I'll dive into that with the Brian Flores situation and things like that. But just happy Black History Month to everybody out there. Um, keep striving. Keep doing great things. Uh, let's make the next generation even better. All right, so let's begin with, start with Brian Flores and that situation. So for those that don't know, he applied for a coaching job, didn't get it. He got a text message from Bill Belichick congratulating him on getting the job that he hadn't even interviewed for. So then he goes to interviews for the job. Well, he lets Belichick know that, hey, man, you got the wrong Brian. And oops, the cat's out the bag, so to speak. Uh, so they have to, you know, he still goes on this interview. Knowing, though, in the back of his mind that the Giants were already giving the job to somebody else. So here's, here's, here are my thoughts on it. And anybody can comment out there, tell me what you think. But it, it begins with something I said on an on a IG Live a couple months ago relationships from the standpoint of us, meaning me, other blacks, other minorities, uh, we have to get into these positions, these power positions of hiring so we can influence and hire others like us. All this is such a relationship thing. Well, first, let's go back. I, 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 Brian Flores went on with a lawsuit towards the NFL for discrimination. I don't know how he's going to win that. That's not what I'm talking about right now, mine really boils down to that just doesn't happen in the NFL. Right? It happens in corporate America. It happens all over the place. Guys are passed up for promotions or not getting jobs um, for similar reasons. A lot of it has to do with the relationships. That's how I look at it from a standpoint of when you're in a position to hire, you can influence and hire people that you know feel qualified for the job. So I've always said that if you're if you're a minority or a black guy, black woman, and you get one of these power jobs, whether it be an AD at a big time power five school, head coach of the football team, big time, an NBA GM, NBA head coach, NFL head coach, do your best to surround your people, yourself with people that, you know, look like you. I'm not saying hand somebody a job, but what I am saying is let them have a seat at the table. Let them sell themselves. Use your network to help push somebody through for a job that they might not ever get 
unless you help them push them through. You understand what I'm saying? It's like too often these jobs are passed, these NFL jobs and college coaching jobs. And this is passed from one friend to another. I mean, Bill O'Brien keeps a job. Steve Sarkeesian keeps a job. I mean, think about it. Drunk at USC uh, press conferences, lands over at uh, Alabama, head coaching job at Texas. Like, you can't do any wrong. You know, we have Lincoln Riley just bounces from Oklahoma, lands at USC. We have to, when we can be in a position to hire, let's use our network and hire those. One, that could do the job. And two, that look like us. That way, instead of, you know, yes, be frustrated that you don't land a job that you probably deserve and you, you're, you're good at what you do, but understand that you have more people in your corner if you're hiring the right people. That's really what I want to say. It all, a lot of it boils down to really just, in my opinion, relationships. We've got to get more people at the table of these high-powered jobs. Um, that way we can have more influence. Because if you think of the NFL, it's like set over 70% black. They have, I think Lovey Smith just got the Texans job, so you have two black head coaches. Maybe two and a half if you count Michael McDaniel. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. So, should it be 50%? No. Hire the best man for the job, but we just have to get in more positions where we're GMs, we are owners, we are in bigger influencers, so we can hire those. Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. Now, does he want to be one? We don't know. It's not like he's he's not considered an offensive guru, an offensive genius, like um, a coordinator for the Cowboys. I don't even know his name. I come from so mad at him. He's considered like a wonder kid. And it's like, they flame out in the playoffs every year. The enemy's had one of the best offenses for four or five years in a row, and he doesn't have a head coaching job. Well, it's not even that he doesn't have the head coaching job. He doesn't have the adjectives put, him, put next to his name like these other guys do. And that's the frustrating part. It's like, he's like he's not a product of Andy Reid. He he, run, he designs a lot of plays. He, he's a play caller, a lot of instances for the for the Chiefs. But he doesn't get that same notoriety, so to speak. And so sticking to even, you know, so Brian Flores, I mean, he, he took one for the team from a standpoint of exposing what we all probably already know, which is a lot of deals are done under the table. It's just based on the Rooney rule. For those that don't know, it is the rule that every NFL team has to interview a minority candidate. Now that interview could be a sham as it was proven a couple weeks ago with Brian Flores. Um, Cause this guy was already giving somebody else, but they put the rule in place to make sure, you know, we have equal opportunities to get jobs. But in reality, we don't. And again, unfortunately for Bill Belichick, um, he exposed that with that text message. So we'll see what happens with that. I'll keep you all updated for those that might not be paying attention fully to that. Um, big, as big of Brian Flores, though, it's bigger than him to, to even to, 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 to sue the NFL. That's huge. 
Let's go to Mike McDaniel, who actually is replacing him as the Dolphins head coach. I, I ask all of y'all to look at his. It's only a, it's only like a 15 second clip, 20 second clip of him on circle around on Instagram and TikTok and things today when he was asked, I guess he was asked, what does he identify as? And he said, identify as a human being. So here's my take on that. It's not hard to say you're biracial. Period. His father's black, clearly. He stated that in the, in the interview. But then he's like, I identify as a human being. I mean, like, no, you don't. Um, none of us do. I am more than one race. But I, it's easy just to, I, I look black. I just say I'm black. But if somebody that is, uh, I'm having like a more intimate conversation with or somebody I'm, you know, is really asking me some questions, I'll, I'll tell them what I'm actually mixed with. But in passing, hey, man, what are you? Oh, man, I'm black. It's just it's easy. Let's keep it moving. With McDaniel, I see, I can see where he doesn't know where he fits in, you know, as he's, he's a, too much of looking a white guy to be black. You know, and he's too much of, and he might even consider himself more white, but today he doesn't want to just outright say that. Like, there's no way I believe that he considers himself just a human being. Um, me personally, I didn't know until he said it in his press conference that his father was black. Looks like a white guy. Um, and I know he doesn't go around probably, I'm, I'm assuming, hopefully I'm, you know, not being too mean or anything like that, not trying to be mean spirited at all. It is just, just say you're biracial. Like, it's not hard. Just be like, hey, I'm biracial. Uh, my mom is this. My dad is this. Uh, I love all my, I love everything about me. Um, I'm here to support everybody and let's go win some games. It's, it's, it's not that hard. All right. So that's that. NFL, you know, like I said, Brady retired. I wanted to talk about Liz Cambers a little bit, the WNBA player, for those that don't know. Upset about uh, uh, Becky Hammond's getting the biggest coaching salary, so it's bigger than her salary. She's frustrated about that. She's frustrated about having to upgrade her own plane ticket. And then I know she just signed with the LA Sparks. Um, I don't know what to say on that other than income is based off revenue. More revenue, more money, and collective bargaining. I did read one uh, piece where the, the WNBA players don't get as much of the pie as, say, their NBA counterparts negotiate. Um, do I believe they should have higher salaries, the highest amount of money they can get? Yes. Have bigger crowds, have bigger TV contracts and things like that. Just don't get on, in my opinion, she shouldn't be on Twitter and Instagram just voicing her frustration constantly when... It's things that can't be changed overnight, and it's simple economics. Um, let's move on to the NBA. All right, let me say this. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to the Warriors game last week, Warriors versus Spurs, and stepped in play. I knew he wasn't going to play, and I was blessed to receive the tickets. So this is the second time I've been blessed to see Warriors get to go to a Warriors game where Steph didn't play. I've seen him play live once. Now, 
my my take on that is this: NBA guys are paid to play. I get you had a back to back. I get it. You're 33, whatever, 32, 33 years old. But I'm watching the crowd. So many kids and families have spent their good hard-earned money to watch, to come watch Steph play and play, man. All you guys, I mean, your Kawhi's, your who else likes to sit all the time? I mean, Clay, I get it. Um, you know, LeBron pretty much plays. You know, but you got too many guys. I mean, like Zion hardly ever plays anymore. You just got too many guys that it's rest, it's rest, it's rest. But you're asked to perform. You're paid to perform. You're paid millions of dollars. Like like KD said to, to Charles Barkley tonight, he said, you know, Charles asked him about needing a psychiatrist. And KD's like, I get paid millions of dollars to play basketball. It's a fact. So play. Because the people in the crowd spend a hard-earned money to come watch you and they spend on the tickets months before they don't know you're not going to show up and the spurs aren't going to reimburse or change the price of that game because they're not playing because the next night the next game i should say if it's the orlando magic that same ticket doesn't cost the same amount much cheaper so stop cheating people stop cheating fans if anything sit home games because home fans have 41 opportunities to check you out plus the playoffs. So do that. But don't sit with, you know, all these people coming to watch you play. And you're not being out there, you know. So let's dive into my big, big topic tonight. Well, one, my NBA preseason predictions are horrible now. I really thought, let's let's just get into it. So I really thought I got this Laker hat on. I should throw in the trash. But one of my former students, you know, gave it to me for my birthday. So I got to hold on to it. But the Lakers, this is LeBron's fault. I was having an argument, or not an argument, but a debate with a group, in a group chat of mine. And it's like, LeBron, you knew what you're getting out of Westbrook. Westbrook's not playing any worse than he has last year or the year before that. The same guy. He never reinvented himself. He never, in my opinion, worked on his three ball. You know, he's hyper-athletic. He plays extremely hard. That doesn't correlate to winning games. Plays harder than NBA, anybody else in the NBA, probably on a nine-in, nine-out basis. But he plays in one speed, which is fast. Can't shoot outside of six feet. Heck, nowadays he can't even make a layup. And for LeBron to think that that would mesh is his fault. He should have known he needs snipers, he needs shooters, and that's not what Westbrook is. To compound it with y'all having such an old roster, then the playoffs, if you get in, you can make a move because the game slows down, the game is more of a grind. But in the regular season, these young teams are just running by y'all. I mean, y'all got beat by Portland last night, who's actually getting rid of all their players. So, my take on the Lakers, which who I had in the preseason being in the finals, is that Anthony Davis is not, in my opinion, like an A1 top dog. He's not Giannis. Westbrook is Westbrook. 
and Le LeBron's fault for thinking he could get Westbrook to play a certain style or perform at a certain level. So, do I see them going anywhere? No. Suns look great. Warriors look great. They're only going to get better. Utah won't be doing anything really, but it's going to come down to the Suns and the Warriors. And that'll be a dynamic series watching Booker and Clay and Steph and CP3 all go at it. But then let's get to the big news of the day. Well, first, you know, Kay, uh, Christopher Zingas was traded um, to the Wizards. I, I mean, I get it. The, the Mavericks want to get off that contract, but I don't think they got a lot in return uh, for him. Bertans will stretch the floor. Spencer Dinwiddie will take some pressure off of um, Doncic. Doncic. But they have Jalen Brunson already. They all play this. They, they all need the ball. So I don't know how that's going to mesh. Karis Avert going to um, Cleveland is huge. Cleveland's making a move. I mean, Garland's playing great. Jared Allen's awesome. Mobley's playing great. Kevin Love's playing his role well. And now you got that guy that's a little bit bigger than Garland. So in the playoffs, grind it out, can, can withstand a little bit more punishment and get the job done. Let's get to Philly and Brooklyn. So here's my my take on all of that. Philly, what were you thinking? I get it. Daryl Morey loves him some James Harden. But you gave up a lot to get him. Now, Daryl Morey, I give it to you on that, that you – held on to Ben Simmons for like a top dollar player, but then you gave up a lot to get James Harden. Like you got what Simmons, you gave up Seth Curry, and um, a couple draft picks. I mean, it's a lot. So here's my how I see it playing out. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is going to be tough to me, better now than they were yesterday. I don't think they ever really meshed with all three guys that need the ball that are best roles or as primary ball handlers, offensive gurus, which is Kyrie, KD, and Harden. So somebody has to sacrifice too much. I think Harden initially bought into it, but then he was like, man, I didn't come here for this. KD, you heard Kyrie, as Charles Barkley said, you're half man, half season. Like, I think it started wearing on him. And he's, uh, to me, Big baby, and he's on his way out. Started using his hamstring again as, a, as an excuse. But now, the Brooklyn lineup. Imagine Ben Simmons playing. He, what, the role he's going to play is going to be like Draymond Green. Like your point forward for Brooklyn. Only he's taller than Draymond. He's way more athletic than Draymond. And at least passes the ball just as well. So you just imagine a pick and roll with KD and Simmons or Simmons and KD. You can't switch. You can't hedge off of KD or trap him because he's just gonna make he's gonna make the right read. And that's open shooters everywhere or Ben going down the middle. So I think Brooklyn made out huge with this trade. Come playoff town, I think they're gonna be really tough to beat. And then Philly, I mean, you got your guy, you got Harden, but how well will he mesh with? Embiid, I think they can thrive together. I'm glad they didn't give up uh, 
Maxi, the, the, the Dallas product. But and he opted in, you know, Harden opted into his contract. So that's good. So you have them off for this season and next season. But that, that's 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 a lot to give up. And Brooklyn actually got a lot better. They got better defensively. Imagine the switches that KD and, Hart, and, and Simmons can do. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, all the roads that still lead through Milwaukee. The Heat are still looking very good. Um, Boston started getting it together, but the Nets are looking pretty tough. Now, I do hope they put in the playoffs together. That'd be a phenomenal series. Um, Boston versus, I mean, uh, the Nets versus the Sixers, just for the storylines aspect. But that's it. Uh, real quick podcast, just on, you know, my take on everything that happened at the trade deadline uh, and then everything going on with Brian Flores and you know, as always, I hope everybody's you know staying safe. Um, you know, oh, oh man, I almost, I almost forgot. Everybody, so it's, you know, every now and then I throw a book out there that I've recently read, and I, I read a Will Smith's uh, book, Will, and I was blown away. It is by far one of the best um, biographies I have ever read. Um, it's funny, my brother read it before I did, and we we're on a text, and he was like, hey man, don't, it was like, you know, like 11 o'clock, he was like, hey man, don't start it tonight, and you'd be up all night, drinking energy drink in the morning to get through your day, and lo and behold, I opened up that book and spent like an extra hour reading it, but I'll never forget the first page, when you just, the way they wrote it, and you said that he had said, I'm a coward. And how he spent his childhood trying to, you know, mask his father's deficiencies by being an entertainer. Or when his family agreed to, uh, his father actually told his mother that he has one year to make it in the music business. Or when he, first time he met Quincy Jones and Quincy Jones was like, don't have paralysis by analysis when he was getting him to audition for the Fresh Prince role, like right then. Um, or even at the, towards the end of the book when he was celebrating his wife's, wife's uh, birthday and he didn't realize that what he did was actually the wrong thing. Like the book is just amazing. I recommend anybody and everybody to read it. Easy read, long, long. But thank you, Will. I'll say that. Uh, you probably never hear me say that, you know, you, <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was a great book and I learned a lot about just life in reading his story. So shout out to Will Smith for writing that book. Um, for To me, it was, it was great and I, I'm thankful that I was able to read it. But that it, that sums us up for tonight. I'll be back next week, popping these out a little bit faster now as we head into 2022 or continue into 2022, I should say. But as always, be blessed. Um, stay safe. I'm out. See you later. Oh, make sure you like, send me some comments of content, you know, just debate a little bit. Hit the like button. Please share as I continue to grow uh, my podcast. 
But be safe, I'm out.